Hello, dear listener, and welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the film, movie, TV show, play, uh, painting. Uh, Michael sculpture. has added play, yeah. painting, covering, <laughs> covering did not discuss this. <laughs> audio drama uh that turned you on to that oh, yeah. we're, we're covering everything all the media uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm michael stevens and i'm shelly brooks and michael we've got another return guest today do we not yes 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 uh we're very excited to have her back playwright and fiction writer hello roshan everyone Hooray! Hooray! Uh, hey, hi kids it's so nice to see you again uh, <laughs> the kids oh, you are so children. happy to have you back yeah <laughs> I'm happy to be back. As I, yeah, I'll tell the public. I'm a fan. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, it is honestly so good for my ego when you say that because I oftentimes we record these and I'm like, is anyone actually listening? And then for you to say that you would like I regularly am. listen, okay. like, a tear is like rolling down my cheek. <laughs> I'm like all about like look. I will throw all of the Instagram likes to people. Like I'm like look. If we like our stuff, like especially, especially like our friend stuff or people that we like yes. stuff, like let's just tell them all the time. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, I like it. Yeah. That fucking oh rules. It, it takes everything in my body not to start every episode off with like, "Hey, I'm sorry, we're taking your time." You know, but it's. Yeah. <laughs> So Remember, this is all about like people opt into this shit. Like they're yeah. so like they can be opting into anything. Like look, you're just like if you want to opt into me, here I am. You know that's yeah. the best. <laughs> well, I do occasionally. Like we've got a few regular listeners that I regularly go to their apartment. I break in. I hold a gun to their oh, head and tell them yeah, okay, download okay, this week's yeah. episode. <laughs> that's right. It's sort of a forced injection listening kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Good you gotta have cast members. Exactly right. Yeah. The numbers well, are watching. Yes. So we're going to be talking about something that we kind of touched on briefly in your last episode. Um, so Halle, as we discussed previously, is a Westerns girly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So we've got a slightly slightly unusual western not a sort of uh you know if people aren't that into westerns they might have a stereotypical idea of like a what a western film is like mm -hmm. which i think this one kind of explodes all of those preconceived notions so holly what movie are we going to be talking about and who is your stealth sex symbol um today we're talking about this movie bad day at black rock which was directed by john sturges um who you know i like the movie more than the director but i guess that's important um and it's it's actually a really small cast, and so I kind of have a crush on the whole movie and everybody. But the cast is led by Spencer Tracy, and he like I am not a Spencer Tracy person. I I am of his era. I'm all about, but like he just never. I mean, he's boyish, I guess, and like I don't mind him as an actor, but not ever once has he turned me on in any way until I saw this movie, and then I was like, what the fuck just happened to me and my loins? And like, what are you doing in this movie? Like, I don't know. I just think that I like. And, you know, I mean, I guess we can get into this, but I actually will say, I don't think it maybe is far off from my Barbara Stanwyck idea. So, mm. like, in some ways, his performance is, like, a little Barbara Stanwyck-y only because I was thinking about my other movie that I talked about here. And uh, yeah. we can get into that. But that's my, yeah, Spencer Tracy and his ensemble in Bad Day at Black Rock. I'm all about I, it. Oh, I'm so excited about this. And I love, so, you know, for the listeners who maybe don't know Spencer Tracy as well, 
um, you know, he, he played a lot of kind of like manly men in his young days. And like, you know, he famously bagged Catherine Hepburn, um, though, of course, both of them have been dogged One of the by, by beard yeah. rumors. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but so bisexuality, Holly, come on, acknowledge it. Exactly. Know? Guys, come on, please give us a little credit here. Um, but so I, I do enjoy that Holly has picked for the only sexy Spencer Tracy performance where he's old, <laughs> one arm, <laughs> like gets like, kind of pushed around the entire time. <laughs> That's right. And I'm like, holy shit, I will blow you in the back room. Like, how is that? <laughs> and I will say, dear listener, I 100% get it. I'm so on board. <laughs> Honestly, oh, Shelly, I feel like yeah. Go ahead, Michael. Sorry. No, what a relief! It it is such a relief that you are attracted attracted to this man uh, in his older years. Um, it, I knowing that this is the case for y'all, it makes me feel a lot better about uh, where my life will head uh, post uh, my forties. Oh yeah, I was like you know. I'm not really I, like I've been thinking a lot. I mean, I I think I I think my thing about westerns is I'm really really interested in American masculinity and like mm. I like that's the only genre that I think really can kind of get to what is going on and what's wrong and like why everybody is like this now, you know, like um or like all the men are like this and why we have sort of like these really deep pockets of like weird ideologies that like seem to a lot of us like younger urban knights like just like wow wait what. Yeah. Um, but like it's deep and it's real and I think that it's so tied up in masculinity and but, like mm. and that like I just yeah like I wish men like I, my, this, Spencer Tracy in this movie is like the man that I hope American men grow up to be instead of the Robert mm. Ryan in the movie who yeah. I think most of them are on track to be you know like yeah. and that's like I that's for me that's the sexiness of it it's like you like just you can grow up to be a good person and learn lessons not just like shut down and like yeah. close off and sort of fear what you what you like can't fight you know i just mm -hmm. yeah that's the sexiness for me of this movie well holly just phrased this in such a beautiful nuanced way when i was just about to say to michael <laughs> like yeah you've got something to look forward to you two could be a veteran fresh out of world war ii as a 50 something alcoholic <laughs> Yeah, missing an arm and ready to kill yourself. You know? like, As a suicidal old alcoholic, you two yeah. could be someone who just left the war. Yeah. <laughs> but Look, we like, I feel like we're in a, this is also a room of Cutter's Way girlies, right? Like, oh, yes. That, like, I just feel like, I feel like there, I, I knew I would have some sympathy in the room if I was like Spencer Tracy with his one arm and his like being pushed around all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I was definitely thinking about Cutter's Way rewatching this, but so Michael, if someone has not seen Bad Day at Black Rock, uh, could you tell the listener what this movie is about? A one-armed stranger comes to a tiny town possessing a terrible past they want to keep secret by violent means if necessary. Ooh, a little like Western voice there. I thought it's at first cool. you were going for Sam Elliott. <laughs> I, I was going to go there and then I was like, you know what, Michael, be yourself. Um, that's right, that's right. Self. Yeah. That's what this movie teaches us. Be that's... yourself unless you're a violent racist, then don't be yourself. Follow that's... your own content unless you want to murder people. Don't do that. Yes. <laughs> well, before we get into our main discussion, you know that we gotta get a little slick. We gotta little get in get a little hot and we gotta do it with the sexy trivia game. Michael, you wanna start us off? Absolutely. 
When Spencer Tracy saw the rushes, he thought the fight was preposterous. He didn't believe his character could disable his enemy that quickly and easily until John Sturgis showed the footage to a marine instructor who not only confirmed the effectiveness of the karate method, uh, but told Tracy the blow was, uh, was exec as executed would have killed his opponent in real life. <laughs> he gets in some sexy karate chops in this movie. We love it. Hale, could you give us number B? Number B. Spencer Tracy and Walter Brennan didn't get along at all due to political differences. Tracy being liberal, Brennan being conservative. Brennan taunted Tracy by holding up three fingers an indication of his three Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor versus Tracy's two Best Actor Oscars. I like that the trivia writer threw in a little shade by noting that they were Best Supporting versus Best I was going to say, actor. it sounds like Best Actor is better and two mm. is better than three of the lesser. So I don't know. Like, yeah, if this okay. is a weighted scale here, I think we could maybe put Tracy on top. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> to finish us off, with number C, <clears throat> Spencer Tracy lost the Academy Award for Best Actor for this year to his co-star, Ernest Borgnine, for his first starring role <laughs> in Marty from 1955. And that is the sexy trivia game. A <gasps> uh, really funny thing that I found out about Ernest Borgnine uh, when he was recording, uh, filming for this movie, uh he was like so impressed and uh like flustered by spencer tracy that he like fucking forgot all his lines um <laughs> and then you know, went on to audition for marty um in between his uh shooting but um i well, just love how much he loves this man <laughs> and i assume all of us here have seen the famous fox and friends interview with ernest borgnine have you uh, seen this? All of us, definitely. You, yeah. No, not at all. I didn't. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. There is um, an internet famous interview with Ernest Borgnine when he was like 90 something years old. Um, and, you know, it's a cheery sort of morning show. And they're like, now, Ernest, you are 95 years old. What's your secret? And he goes, oh, oh. I dare not say. And they're like, oh, no, tell us, tell us. And he leans over and like stage whispers in one of the women's ears, I masturbate a lot. They're like, oh, God, so he just funny. said that. I heard that. And then he like tries to keep going and he's like, it's all over the place. <laughs> oh my God, to be 95 and like with Oscars and not give a shit about anything. That's the dream. That's everybody's dream. Right? That's, li that's liberation right there. Yeah, uh, truly. <laughs> oh my God. This yeah, is... I loved all the all the Borgnine trivia in this was very very I endearing. Such a in this movie, like yeah, his this, I don't know. I I sort of didn't put it together with him in this movie because he's just such like a like a yeah. I don't know. I like a, like a rhinoceros or something. Yeah, <laughs> he is he is a Nickelodeon cartoon uh, villain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna beat yeah. you up. I'm gonna put. I mean, he's, like he worked for the yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 oh my god yeah that's my stool like oh uh, like he does nail the sort of like petty tyrant like high school bully mm -hmm. bullshit kind of thing um but yeah it's like and what he's a, a great, role i guess yeah and he's a great counterpoint because i mean you get like 
you know, we we briefly mentioned that you know Robert Ryan is also in this movie playing kind of like the the big heavy in it, but he's he's a villain with finesse, you know, and he it it's a really kind of terrifying part of this movie is that Robert Ryan's character sort of outsources most of his violence to these like stupid schmucks who will like you know do his bidding and they don't have the kind of like smoothness to them they're they're purely the muscle or whatever and so that makes robert ryan all the more terrifying that he's got a little bit of like the politesse but you know that Mm -hmm. he but he's you know ultimately like a terrifying violent like you know psycho (laughs) he will do the killing if he has to but like he doesn't want to have to get his hands dirty like and like everything about this movie i mean I, this is a I, now these days movies are three and a half hours long so i call these short movies like you yeah. know the, the classic sort of hour and a half like you mm-hmm. get the movie going and then it happens and then it's over you know like yeah. it's, the so so much it feels like for a very like slow also this movie i think i said on my last uh feature here i really like movies that feel like plays and this movie mm-hmm. is a play it's a small oh, yeah. set it's a small cast it takes place in almost real time mm-hmm. the high noon comparisons we can talk about later but like I, I everything about this movie like is a metaphor for i mean it's it's it, it explodes the western genre but it so obviously is about it's openly about anti-racism but it's also mm-hmm. about mccarthyism it's also mm-hmm. about just sort of like american politics in general or sort of like the the two narratives of what it means to be an American, which is like low key what I wrote my undergrad thesis on, like <laughs> like this sort of idea of which side to choose, patriotism mm. that feels like proper under certain contexts of othering, or mm. like recognizing humanity sort of across like races and spectrums and things. Like I just mm. like that is that's my that's this movie for me, you know, and I think that's so interesting. Yes. And so like yeah, that yeah. The, the the bumbling cartoonish of it gets yeah. to that I think yeah agreed and I and I like that you mentioned the McCarthyism aspect to it because I mean I cut down our one of our pieces of trivia about you know Walter Brennan uh, hating Spencer Tracy um, part of that like piece of trivia is that part of why he hated him so much is that he was really pissed off that Catherine Hepburn had been you know, very outspoken about the McCarthy trials and like how, you know, anti-American she thought it was and how, you know, unjust it was. And which is so interesting to me because obviously this was a period in Hollywood when, you know, you were kind of contract players, like, you know, you, there wasn't as much maybe of like, I guess what we would think of as maybe like an autorist bent to actors work. They kind of, you know, to an extent they had their options limited by the studios um, but it is interesting that I think Walter Brennan is great in this movie, and I I, gen- I genuinely really like him as an actor. Um, but the idea of him making this movie and still being like pro McCarthy is very funny to me. <laughs> well, and do you is there anything because um, Robert Ryan is also very liberal, so Robert mm-hmm. Ryan is like an evil racist murderer in every single movie, yes, but like yeah. in real life, I don't remember if we talked about this in the last in the last episode, but like, I, I, and I think there you know I was like maybe there is something to me just liking Robert Ryan movies, even if he's mm. not the sexy one in it, because like. I think he chooses he chooses roles in movies that are intentionally sort of framing mm. like an aspect of society that he disagrees with or something. Yeah. Like, and so anyway, I don't know. Like, it seems like Tracy and Robert Ryan would be like bros, and if Walter <laughs> Brett, like, I want to know what the beef was between all. Like, I, yeah, what an interesting <laughs> to be on. Because also, again, it is a really small cast. I also mm. um, I forget her name all the time. There's only one woman in this movie, and yeah. what's her name? Uh, um, and uh, Mer- Merit, maybe. Anne Francis. Uh, Francis. Anne Francis. Francis. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I like you know I, I don't she, she I, 
I don't. I. I mean, I. I could deconstruct this movie forever, but I like. I. She's useless in this movie for a lot of. She's a. She's a piece that needs to be there for plot purposes. Like, there's mm-hmm. almost nothing to say about her other than maybe the ending, which I think she deserves. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I. I really would like to know her story actually on set. You know what I mean? I'm like the mm. real. Like the real woman who was on that set. I want to know what you heard and saw or whatever. You know. I, yeah. yeah I think that, Somebody, whoever was in this movie or worked on this film and is still alive and is listening to this podcast, please yeah. write the like <laughs> the background of Bad Day at Black Rock. I want to read this. Yeah, I mean, the little the that I read about it, it sounds like it was not know. particularly pleasant on set. I, I mean, there was like one anecdote about how, you know, Spencer Tracy and Robert Ryan were like such professionals that like they finished mm-hmm. a scene by like nine in the morning and they were, oh you know, John Sturge just wanted to go on and like shoot other pages from the script and they, Spencer Tracy was like, no, nope, I think we're done for today. This is what was scheduled. Like, it. goodbye. <laughs> yeah. And then he wouldn't do, yes. he wouldn't do multiple takes. And, like, That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you know, famously, struggled with alcohol that he was like he was dry like when he was making the movie and like oftentimes he would like not drink when he was working but then he would like go like fucking crazy afterwards but so he was also like in a shitty mood the entire time because he wanted to be drinking <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, like that he wasn't. all the time and like alcohol like room withdrawal yeah 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 and that he would like <laughs> have like cocktail hour with the cast and just be like you know sipping on his seven up and be like this sucks oh like- <laughs> <laughs> yes Shelly thank you this is exactly the tea that I'm looking for for this movie particularly I really don't care about most movies filming stories but like yeah. this one like, <laughs> everyone's miserable they're in the middle of fucking nowhere in California yeah. on like a set that looks like they built it yesterday because they did you know like just <laughs> Oh, yeah. And apparently, like, Tracy, like, he was not in great health. And so, like, it was so hot that he was having, like, health issues. And, like, Ernest Borgnine, like, was intimidated by the other actors. But then also, like, in his, like, you know, famous scene where he, like, gets beat up by Spencer Tracy and, like, falls through a door. The door was supposed to be open, but they nailed it shut without telling him. So he genuinely, like, fell through the screen of the door. (laughs) A genuine reaction. (laughs) <laughs> uh, bring back the era of like a literally abusing actors yes. to get to costumes, you know? uh, yeah let's make our actors miserable <laughs> how do we literally put them through emotional and physical torture you know? yeah exactly yeah <laughs> like actual abuse and um, like close up on all of it you know? right exactly and then use that shot being like it was the best one <laughs> You know, it just happened that way. Yeah. Oh my god! But yeah, so what is uh, your? Yeah, so do we even have we even talked about the plot of this movie? Really? <laughs> so, so Michael gave it like a sort of brief overview of it. But so yeah, yeah. give give us a little bit about your background with the movie. So my, I guess to be honest, I don't remember. I don't. I can't tell you the first time I saw this movie. Kind of like in the way that like I can't remember the first time I found like a lot of things I love. Where I'm like, it just entered my life because it was supposed to be there, and then I just had it, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think, like, there was a while where I was, maybe it was because of Criterion, or just, like, there was a while where I was watching a lot of Robert Ryan movies, just back to back, I was, like, really interested in him. Like, I don't, like, I don't particularly think he's, like, sexy on screen. I mm. just think that he's really interesting as a person and an actor. And again, I'm just, yeah. like, oh, and so, I and so, brief tangent on my Western genre, like, I've been, like, I'm, I'm living in Durango, Colorado, which is, like, still kind of a Western town. It's gentrifying quickly, but, like, it, my dad grew up my my I have like five generations back here like my great great grandparents were like homesteaders in the northern New Mexico mm-hmm. like four corners area and like I grew up my dad grew up here I grew up fucking like hearing this all the time like there was nothing that wasn't country music and like my dad is a hunter and like just like <laughs> being out west and like um and I and as a reader like wh- I, I got into westerns via literature um mm-hmm which like where is really where this genre started um but then 
I was watching a lot of Robert Ryan movies and I, and like I had consolidated all of this knowledge and I was watching a lot of Robert Ryan movies. Um, mm-hmm. And he, I realized sort of retroactively that Robert Ryan is the villain in this movie called The Naked Spur, which I have seen in my childhood fucking 10,000 times. It was filmed in Durango. It was filmed in the mountains just north of here. Like it was my, like my dad would be like, what? like I can't even watch that. You guys, there's a scene where like there's clouds floating across the sky. And, and that movie is Jimmy Stewart and Janet Lee and Robert mm-hmm. Ryan. And like, Jimmy Stewart is like, oh, it's going to rain. We've got to like hustle or something. And I'm like, that's not rain cloud. You know what I mean? I know, <laughs> I know the area so well that I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't watch the movie without watching that. But all of that is to say, I retroactively realized Robert Ryan was also the villain in that movie. And I just mm-hmm. had this like Robert Ryan thread in my life. So I finally <laughs> found this movie with Robert Ryan. Because again, not a Spencer Tracy fan. Never, like, I have seen, like, I was looking at Tracy's Wikipedia and I was like, I think I've seen, like, five, four of these movies. Like, I really yeah. just don't Fuck Captain know, Courageous, you know? what? <laughs> I just, like, uh, there's a movie called Quick Millions, I think, that he made yeah. when he was, like, 12, that I, yeah. it's, like, four minutes long and it's on Criterion, you know? And I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a boyish police officer, whatever. But, like, <laughs> so all of this to say, I went in kind of just, like, being, like, a Western fan and a Robert Ryan interest. And literally mm-hmm. this movie just was, like, this is this is this movie is fixes all of my problems with High Noon, which I think is so mm. stupid, and I hate that it's <laughs> a picture of like the like the only thing good about that movie is Katie Gerardo, who's yeah. like phenomenal, and I think about her all the time, and I mm. remember nothing else about that stupid movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and like this is so like I think that there were comparisons from this movie to High Noon relatively like mm. early, maybe at the premiere or whatever, because this movie also takes place in real time. It's sort yeah. of like. Spencer Tracy, like, um, yeah, Spencer Tracy sort of steps off into a world where, like, suddenly there's a deadline and he's about to die. You know, it's sort mm-hmm. of the same, the same pressures put upon the protagonist where, like, a force is coming to definitely kill him, but he mm-hmm. doesn't know when or where or how, and he yeah. just kind of has to wait and see what's going to happen, you know? And nobody, and then none of the town people or nobody, like nobody will be in solidarity with him. Like he's sort of mm-hmm. all alone. The only people that one, that this, you know, single man can get is a drunkard and a, like a useless boy, or just like, you know, mm-hmm. the people who are the worst of the town. And ultimately, yeah. obviously they all stand together and they fucking do it. And they <laughs> overcome the the bad guys or the whatever. Like, so that's really kind of a lot in a lot of ways, the same, the plot of both of these movies, but mm-hmm. this one, like because this one subject is literally anti-Japanese racism post World War II, uh, for me it just again it, it it sort of took all of the motifs of a traditional Western and used many of the stock characters mm-hmm. in ways that it yes is unapologetically cartoonish or sometimes just sort of like this is a genre film. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to yeah, like be a metaphor for so many things in really, really pointed specific ways. And like that's my fucking that's my clip or no death interest. Like that's my Arthur yeah. Miller thing. Like that's like uh if somebody writes a story like that, I mean I you know, we were talking earlier about uh teasing the pairings for these movies. I have like I could tell you five hundred things that I think could pair <laughs> with this movie because literally like this is the story that I want to read over and over again or like yeah. you over and over again. And then again for uh, one, I, 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 I think it's a really interesting and important choice that in our modern 2023 like obsession with identity that we're looking at a story that is actively anti-racist without any Japanese people in it, or like, like, like the way that it's told keeps it so consolidated inside of its own whiteness that I think that's mm-hmm. really important and interesting. You know, like yeah. it matters that we never see the sun, or that matters mm-hmm. that you know, like we never really sort of see flashbacks or any of that stuff. I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. All of this movie is hot to me. You know, like the story is hot, and then Spencer Tracy, like leading, leading sort of the, the knife cutting through the bullshit, like mm. without, without necessarily knowing that he was going to have to do that, but step like realizing that 
you know, if he doesn't step up, no one will. And mm. sure, he might die at the end. But like, even if he sort of promised to like keep his mouth shut and not say anything, right? So the, I mean, spoiler, I guess is essentially mm. Robert Ryan in the movie killed a Japanese farmer in retaliation for Pearl Harbor, even though obviously the Japanese farmer had nothing to do with it, and blah blah blah. Mm. And then Spencer Tracy we find out in the movie fought in world war two with the farmer's son who was killed overseas and got a medal. And so Spencer Tracy has come to return the medal to the farmer that he thinks is still living here and doesn't know has been murdered. Um, and then he sort of like realizes over the course of like in real time, like that this man has been murdered and that the town will murder him in mm. trying to keep this secret quiet and all of this is essentially the orchestrations of this guy reno smith who is robert ryan yeah and it's it's interesting that you've talked about you know this film raising these questions of like patriotism and americanness or because i mean i did read that apparently this is one of the most um screened films at the white house um you know like regardless of administrations um and i do think that there's an interesting sort of like political mutability to it and i think depending mm. on your and which is maybe why there are people with such like different political ideologies who are able to work on this all at the same time and maybe i mean right and that's like sort of a little bit of the problem with like creating something that is sort of intentionally a metaphor is like it, metaphors could be used in a lot of ways yeah. but yeah that's really interesting yeah yeah, because I'm just gonna it, check on my dog. If you guys, oh, yeah. she's like barking outside, and I'm like, hi. She probably sorry. We can take a um, walk. I'm listening. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I I do think that there is an interesting thing to the way that you could sort of like interpret this film. Like, I something that I'm going to talk about in the pairings a little bit is like the movie Key Largo, the John Huston film. That I th I think there are some interesting parallels there because obviously a very you know central thing to this movie is that it, you know it does condemn like the the petty jingoism of these characters that erupts into violence because I mean one thing that's interesting is that it's not just like you know retaliation for Pearl Harbor but it's also they mention in describing you know the the violence that happened that Robert Byron's character had been you know or sold or leased this like plot of land that he thought was fallow to this mm -hmm. Japanese immigrant who then was able to get water in it like by build or like digging an incredibly deep well and you know suddenly had this very fertile land and so there was this like you know financial jealousy or this idea that like he was entitled to that you know fertile land and like why did this like immigrant get it so i mean you've got that aspect to it but you've also got this like violent retribution in the end because i mean a, a detail in the violence is that like they set this guy's house on fire and he came you know running out like with his clothes burning before they shot him and then at the end robert ryan's retribution that he gets is that he is set on fire <laughs> so oh yeah yeah there is this that it's so neat you know <laughs> but so yeah like it's like they it's not just a sort of like pacifist liberal thing of like well violence is never the answer like the movie kind of comes to the conclusion of like yeah you should kill the the violent evil guys <laughs> like you should set them on fire the only answer you know like yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's got some interesting like political mutability to it but but yeah i mean i think that spencer tracy is such an interesting character to have a crush on in this one because he something that they emphasize a lot in the movie is that he sh should by all metrics not be seen as like an intimidating man as he's very quiet he's very polite he's got one arm he's older he's you know he's wearing a suit the whole time you know he's, he's wearing, wearing a suit, suit. He's like, he's looking a suit. Yeah. <laughs> they keep calling him like a big guy and like you know he's got a bit of a gut and stuff yeah. like but he, but he also has this incredible power over these other people that they they emphasize by being like you've got to be a big man to not get mad and so he yeah. 
he's he's deeply intimidating and like deeply masculine in a way that's not like showy or violent but like yeah he he feels i like mean that's man. it that's the next <laughs> that's just like oh yes uh right it's it's like real like right he i mean and again this movie happens almost in real time which i just i think it really helps with the suspense of like mm-hmm. you know is are they going to kill this man or not because yeah. that's sort of like the, you won't have to kind of watch the townspeople decide that themselves also mm-hmm. in real time and like but yeah, like right at, you know, he starts getting pushed, Tracy starts getting pushed around by townspeople from the moment that he steps off the train because they are so suspicious. They are so sort of like isolated internally by the sort of the, the, the tragedy that happened that very like individuals dealing with their own guilt and complacency of not doing anything about it. You know, Smith actively wanting to keep it quiet, et cetera. Like the moment that Tracy walks into sort of this enclosed area yeah, people start trying to fuck with him. And mm-hmm. from that moment, he just, he like doesn't let it happen. And it is pretty early that um, wh- whoever the actor is who becomes the sheriff, like the sort of uh, second cartoon cowboy guy. Yeah, Lee Marvin? gets made Lee sheriff. Marvin, is, yeah. it, is it yeah. Lee Marvin? That's right. So Another yeah, he's like, drunk? he's too cool. <laughs> <laughs> does it really well. This entire uh, cast like, is all like guys who are famous uh, party animals, to put it nicely. <laughs> that's what I, I mean, again, I bet this, I bet this set was just, yeah um, <laughs> nuts <laughs> um but yeah he's like this guy is too you know smith is like what he won't get pushed around and you know lee marvin is like no he's too cool like he hmm. like he, he like it, yeah he's too obliging when hmm. guys try to get in his face and from as early as that you can tell that it's because he has some knowledge he has such control of hmm. whatever violence he is capable of that he doesn't need to be intimidated by these squirts or and or <laughs> like react to their garbage like you know mm-hmm. like you're you're nobody you know like the john draper like i don't think about you at all like yeah. you're you know you keep getting in my business and i'm not thinking about you at all you know like, yeah yeah and i wonder oh, if it's so hot yeah it's so hot and like i do wonder so i mean you've mentioned that it seems like a lot of there's a maybe people trending towards this kind of more toxic kind of masculinity that's embodied by the robert ryan by the lee marvin by the ernest borgnine in this movie um, I wonder, you know, not to get like all like, gender binary about it, but, you know, I think maybe when it comes to like women who can be attracted to men, I wonder if maybe they uh, didn't have more of an attraction to that kind of like quiet sort of masculinity of the Spencer Tracy in the movie. Because, I mean, it seems like it's only other, like, straight guys who are into, like, the Andrew Tates of the world who are, like, you know, puffing on a cigar and, like, you know, sitting shirtless, like, recording, like, a fucking stupid podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the problem, like, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, but I think, I think, I think watching a movie like this, all of us would say yes. But I think, but I think part of that is a little bit of the framing. Tracy is also Mm -hmm. one of the, Tracy and the doc are the only two who feel like maybe real people. Everybody else is fairly cartoonish and just sort of straight up evil and, like are you gonna kill me or not like Hmm. uh and in real life those toxic men tend to be a little bit more nuanced themselves in terms of how they present those traits and that's Hmm. what fucks you up um and i will also say just on that note is unfortunately right we love to pretend that it's not true but like there's a fuck ton of trad wives out there like there's there's like a like like there are a lot of women who are sort of using again like i think they the language has changed around some of this stuff Mm -hmm. and a lot of right a lot of now right-wing language is co-opted from left-wing organizations and that so they can make it sound you know inclusive and sort Mm -hmm. of like you know we believe in all races are equal it's just that we should be separate like sort of all of these like weird ways they can parse that and like yeah yeah, and defend i want to like 
I'm, I'm, I'm dying to be a stay-at-home wife. Like, if somebody wants to marry me and never make me work again, 100%. But, like, right. I'm not going to do – I'm doing that as, yeah. like, you know what I mean? That's a different kind of choice than saying that's what I've always wanted and that's what I believe right. women should be, you know? Right, like, yes. I don't know. There's unfortunately a lot of those fucking ladies out there. Is no, it's true. And, yeah. and the Liz character is, a yeah, like a great sort of embodiment and, yeah, of that. That she's a go-along to get right. along and, you know, maybe – you know, does a little bit at the end, like for the sake of her brother, but it's too little too late. And so, you know, and like, and, and, and I just like that. Yeah. And for her, I, cause I, I mean, I look, she gets shot at the end, I guess, again, if we're doing all the spoilers, um, yeah, yeah. So she gets shot, but she, I think I'm all like a hundred percent. You deserve to be shot from that. Like, but she's shocked you... that she's getting shot, like, yeah, which yeah, I think so is surprised. that's why I of these like, crab wives being like, wait, they hate women, but <laughs> I right. Like, you're going to kill me? Why would you kill me, even though you said you would kill me if I did this? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. But, like, or, and, oh, and it's just, right, it's like fucking stand by your, like, if you're going to die, die because you stood by your convictions. Don't mm-hmm. die because you, like, tried to do something, and then the moment that, like, you know, the, the, your daddy shows up, you're like, just kidding, I didn't mean it. And then, right. you know, like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, be shot. She was going to be killed anyway. She could have mm-hmm. been killed next to Spencer Tracy going down and like, or, you know, helping him succeed in some kind of way. And if they were mm-hmm. both, that's whatever. But like, ugh, yeah. if you just, if you, if she, yeah, she jumps out of the car and like tries to use her feminine wiles to like yeah. get out of the situation. And I'm like, shoot, like I would shoot her, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you hate to like reference Twitter cause it's like, ugh, but I mean, it's like the, you know, famous tweet of like woman who voted for the Panthers eating your face party is uh, sobs. She, I can't believe the Panthers ate my face. Like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, so again, like for I think this movie is prescient in so many ways. I mean, or mm-hmm. just right, it is mutable enough that we can see so many strains of like a contemporary America in it because America is really kind of exactly the same as it was in the mm. late 1800s, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then and it, you know, in the war times and now, you know, it's always yeah. wartime, actually. Right. And I think that it's something that's like very interesting about the Spencer Tracy character. I mean, like talking about someone like dying for their convictions. I mean. It is really moving to me. Like, I, you know, I hadn't seen this movie, I think, since, like, high school, and I didn't really remember that much about it. But, I mean, I, I cried during the scene when he talked about, like, you know, why he was there and what he was, what, why he wanted to still be alive. Because, I mean, he's, like, suicidal when he's, like, in the coming into this movie. And it's such an interesting, you know, flip on it that, you know, as soon as he, it seems inevitable that he's going to die, then he's like, well, now I want to live. <laughs> like you know right, like, you don't get to take the, like you sort of you the like collective at large d- mm-hmm. don't get to choose like i might be able to choose my own death but like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna allow you to choose my death for me yeah and that's like i mean i think that that's that's a common thread in a lot of like prison literature sort of mm-hmm. a lot of like that yeah like that like ptsd style um just yeah like that that sort of feeling is very very like maybe the only thing that's really sort of innately like mm-hmm. like aliveness you know like the yeah. clinging to life like yeah, I don't know. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, Michael, this was your first time watching the movie, correct? This was my first time watching this movie. What was your impression? Was it so exciting? Yeah. Um, it was so exciting. Um, it was not what I expected because I was going in mm-hmm. thinking, like, oh, a Western. Um, <laughs> and then watching it, like, I don't have quite as much context for all of these uh, act for all of these actors. Um, like a little bit Spencer Tracy, a little bit Lee Marvin. Um, but that was the first time w- that I reckoned with the notion of Spencer Tracy in a, in a Western. I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, this gent- mm. this, you know, yeah. Yeah. gentleman in a, in a suit, um, with yeah. all of these, uh, bullies. 
Um, <laughs> but overall, um, really enjoyed it. Love, uh, I love a gentle protag male protagonist. Um, mm -hmm. I love an old man kicking ass uh, action <laughs> uh, movie. Um, I was so scared for him the entire time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, when he karate chops the guy in the throat, um <laughs> <laughs> so satisfying. Oh god, I I died laughing. Um <laughs> and we might talk we're, we're going to talk about uh pairings a little bit later. Um but uh I was trying to like parse through every like uh okay, like old man uh returning from war movie, old man uh you know, beating up a gang movie and like oh, god. <laughs> Like, they're the obvious ones, like, genre movies that came to mind for me, but the one that was just screaming in my brain the entire time was, uh, <laughs> oh, God, uh, Gran Torino, which uh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen in a long time, um, but I, I think it, I really do think it is the perfect uh, counterpoint to this movie, because uh, you mentioned earlier that this movie is consolidated uh, you know, it is anti-racist while also being consolidated in its own whiteness. Um, mm -hmm. Gran Torino is definitely consolidated uh, in its own whiteness. Um, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's particularly uh, anti-racist, but um, yeah, it kind of just made me think of a lot of the different uh, kinds of uh western heroes that we're used mm. to and what they all have to say about um masculinity and then um what uh, spencer tracy is representing here in this uh in this film in this genre that he's that i have not seen him in uh mm. too much um yeah. well i do think it's interesting on the the clint eastwood front is that i you know i haven't seen all of his you know sort of like late late career movies but it does seem like a lot of them are that he's maybe a bit more progressive, maybe not the right word, but at least maybe a bit more open-minded in his movies than he is in his like life. I, um, I would definitely that say that in, in the movie, like it's, in, especially in Gran Torino, like he, the, he plays the same character that he always fucking plays. Um, <laughs> but in this one, there is a general impetus. He's, he's friends with orangutan, yeah. <laughs> like in uh, that movie. Oh, God. <laughs> As in all of his movies. <laughs> As in all of his movies. Um, but um, yeah, there's a there's an impotence about him in Gran Torino that I found very uh, interesting, and I feel like this movie, uh, 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 Bad Day at Black Rock, definitely flirts with. Um, uh, a kind of, uh, I guess, impotence that all the characters are having to. I don't know. That's that's what I think of every time I watch a fucking western. And I was like, yeah, who's, who, which <laughs> one is who's the impotent? One? Who's not? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why well, they're shooting those I mean, guns like, all the time. <laughs> and and like that's not that's. I mean, it's that's obviously a super narrow lens to look at westerns, but like that is oh, yeah. not not an incorrect way to look mm. at Western. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, Extre <laughs> extremely reductive. But I think that, like, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also, like, not... But not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also think that late Clint and, like, mid-life to late Spencer Tracy are maybe kind of interesting points of comparison there, too. Like, even outside of, like, the Western genre. Because, I mean, I think 
seems like a lot of like late Clint is about like an old man kind of having to come to grips with a changing world. And I think yep. that like, I mean, so Spencer Tracy was like in his early fifties in this movie, but even like in his movies in like the forties and fifties with uh, Catherine Hepburn, I mean, oftentimes they'd be playing these like sparring couples where, you know, she is this like modern woman and he kind of has to come around. Like, I mean, in Adam's rib, it's like, he has to kind of come around to her, her view of the world as like a modern yeah. woman and like, a, you know, women, making strides in in the world and him being a little more old-fashioned and like i mean his last movie is guess who's coming to dinner which is obviously oh, yeah. his most famous sort of like you know liberal man has to confront that like he's oh, not boy. as liberal as he yeah. thinks he is and like has to like get used to a changing world so i mean i think that that's an interesting sort of through line in like spencer tracy's at least his later career i don't know his like 30s movies as well but but yeah but i think he's he maybe that's part of his like you know liberal worldview that like he keeps doing these movies where he has to like reconcile with the fact that like he's a man who's not as as forward as he thinks he is but wants to wants to move with with the tide of history <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah so it's interesting um <laughs> So you were, we talked a little bit about like Robert Ryan and like in his personal life. And so, I mean, you, you mentioned that you don't necessarily find him like attractive in his movies, but you find him fascinating. I was really disturbed by how attractive I found him in this movie. And I think. That uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I don't, he's way like, more I don't, attractive in this not one. Sexy in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, and again, I've seen a lot of fucking Robert Ryan movies yeah. and I, I do think that, that he's the most attractive in this one. And like, mm. there's maybe one or, but like this, yeah. But again, I think. Shelly, just I, I'm gonna get, throw you a bone here and say, is it Robert Ryan or is it the movie? Do you know what I mean? Like the, well, the veneer of like the, I mean, all, like his performance is is horrifying. Like you know, like yeah. the acting is very good. Uh, I yeah, I, I well, I mean, we can go on. I want to hear more about that, but I will say, I love that you brought up earlier that he rented the like the 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 minor sort of plot point that he mm. rented. The, he owns the land that the that Komoko the farmer was rented who then was able to get water because mm -hmm. the the that villain right like the the entire west the history of the west and like particularly its villainous like operations has mm -hmm. been about land use and like yeah. land rights and particularly water rights like water is like there, there's nothing more important than water and like robert we don't see it but he's supposed to be a rancher in this movie yeah. um he like owns a ranch and like yeah. you just you don't he wears anyway, jeans and boots we know come on right it's, again it's a play you know they didn't have the, they didn't have the, the space for the cattle and all yeah. that stuff. yeah tell me more about your crush on robert ryan in this movie because i think it's a really really interesting character yeah 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 well i i love that you brought up the the water rights thing because i mean i think anyone who's like you know seen Chinatown it's like we everything we know about mm -hmm. the west through media is like almost exclusively about like who's got water um, yeah but yeah. it still is actually yeah still exactly and, and only gonna get worse it's great okay, um, but yeah I mean it, I think that something about watching this character is like something that I think about a lot when I'm watching movies and like the the actor crushes that I have is that like part of I think the appeal with a lot of actors is they're knowing the sort of like separation between the actor and the character and being so sort of like enthralled by this attractive person being able to embody something that is so completely unattractive I mean like we did an episode about you know the character of Johnny played by David Thewlis and Naked and it's like obviously I would never want to like fuck Johnny but I really want to fuck David Thewlis as Johnny because mm -hmm. I'm so like fascinated by the idea of this like handsome charismatic man embodying this like really horrifying creature you know yeah Yes. 
Yeah. So I think that maybe that's part of it with Robert Ryan in this movie. Cause I mean, he's obviously like a good looking actor, man. And he's got the charisma. Yeah. Of an actor. Totally a generically handsome man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But being able to see, see him play this like role so skillfully, even though he's playing like such an evil character. I mean, that, that in itself is like, I guess the, the talent aspect of it is also so sexy, which then I think is a very confusing thing to watch in movies sometimes because you're like, my God, this is like a monster. But like I'm seeing the finesse with which this is like portrayed and like that in itself is kind of hot. Oh, my God. Acting. It's so confusing. Kind of. like, our little our little mirror neurons are like, is it real or is it not real? We know it's not real, but it looks really real. Right. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean. No, like, it's totally true. I mean, and yeah. like that is like right. That is the sexiness of act of like mm-hmm. actors in general, right? That's why you have an entire podcast dedicated to like actors yeah. who are hot, even though they're not really that hot. Like, what is this? Right, right, right. Oh my god. No, it's so it's yeah. I mean, it's it's always fascinating to me. Yeah, it's I mean, great. There, are, there are so many people that like their looks are so so out of the equation, even just because they have that mm-hmm. actor's talent and charisma that like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It, like I've got. And some I think impression. that's like. I, I, yeah, or sorry, go. But I would like I've actually been sort of talking about this is just like a little tangent, but like I've been trying to a little bit get my therapist to sort of get this vibe. I'm so happy that we're here because like like you know, like I will try to like sort of explain like I doesn't I, I I don't nobody's ever gonna listen to this who would know this. But like right, I've been talking about my, I I like have this neighbor who I have to interact with because of our dogs a lot. And like uh-huh. I have the like I don't wanna know this person at all. Like everything about like he just got back from a school concert for twenty like I just like, like <laughs> <laughs> he told me he was like my inferior to everybody at the tour. Like I, I don't want to know this man at all, but I kind of miss him really badly. Like I got, like he just is so different, and it, like everything mm-hmm. about the choices that he makes in his life or would do or like says to me, I'm like, what is going? Like who are you? And that's like weirdly real. Like I just want to know. Like I want to be intimate more, like that much more intimate in a way that is purely mm-hmm. kind of physical, and I can separate at the end of it and never speak to this man. Like yeah. just like, but I think that I have that sort of crush on a lot. Like on Robert Ryan in this movie for sure. Mm. Like that's the kind of like, like or or things that I think when we talk about sort of traditionally heterosexual like relationships or whatever. Like mm. that, I don't know. I don't know that we talk about sort of that impulse enough. The sort of pure lust of like, yeah, like not opposites attract in that like mm. you're different and like I want to sort of explore a life with you. It's like yeah. you're just different and weird and like maybe ragey enough that like <laughs> I want to spend like three hours with you know like yeah. <laughs> There's some sort of fascination. Yeah. No, it's so. And like, and like, I think just like the goofy, the sort of disgusting goofiness of like sex and sort of everything that yeah. sex acts like uh... offer is like exactly how I want to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, no, it's, that's really funny. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, I, I love that. Like when we were talking about this, you're like, yeah, I just want to talk about having a crush like on the, the movie. Cause like, yeah. yeah. Cause I mean, again, even like with Lee Marvin, it's like he plays just a thoroughly cartoonishly evil character in it. But there's something about him as an actor, his power as an actor, the way he moves through the frame, like that. I was like, God damn it! Like the way he just pulled up his jeans was like yeah. really yeah, working a, for me. An animal quality for sure. Yeah, uh, about him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And or even and we haven't even. I mean, because I guess the most traditionally handsome person in this movie is the is the brother who plays the yeah. Like, he like runs the hotel and he's like. He's like the classically handsome, like boyish, oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know, all American guy, also- you know, and like, <laughs> yeah, and none of yeah. us, want, none of us have like been interested in talking about him at all. But I will say, like, just again, I think about this movie all the time, and I like, I, I, I particularly, I do think the gender dynamics in this movie are really interesting to only mm. have like one woman who is the sister who's kind of sleeping with Reno, but kind of yeah. not, and like, 
what is and like she won't leave because of her brother which is like mm-hmm. a weird like yeah. I don't, there's like a weird thing where i'm a little like i think she should have just been a younger brother and not a sister but that's yeah. like that's my edits movie um but I, my point of the the brother character is he's so right he's sort of the like if many of these people are archetypes he's like the 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 one who should be stepping up the way that um, Spencer Tracy does, but mm. he does not. He's the youngest. He's mm-hmm. got the most sort of like access to the outside. His sister runs the Jeep thing. Like, yeah. and he, he is the most passive in a lot of ways in terms of what happens to Spencer Tracy until mm-hmm. the very end where he finally does step up and like his sister gets shot in the meantime. And that's yeah. what happens if you don't do that earlier, you know? Um, but I'm I, like all of this is to say I have this sort of like B story to this entire movie where there's another like, the, like Katie Urano is in this movie yeah. and she like gets him to st- like she's like his girlfriend and yeah. she's like come on man like what are you doing you know what I mean like I, I put her in this movie I think she deserves a better movie than I knew and it's I this agree. one um yeah <laughs> no I agree and yeah and the sister character is interesting to me also because it's like she's the only woman really in this she doesn't she's a beautiful actress and you know I think it just you kind of expect in any movie that like if a woman's going to be in it she's probably gonna have to be like extremely beautiful like just because that's like the movie logic is that like well if you are a woman who exists you must be beautiful because otherwise why would you be here but (laughs) but it is (laughs) there are some parts where I'm like oh I kind of wish she had just been a kind of regular looking woman but there is a little bit of it that I think makes it more kind of weird and fucked up and interesting in the dynamics like when you know, they try to get like give excuses for her not like renting out the Jeep to Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, she's a girl with a future. And when you see a girl, a young woman who looks like that, you know, the only thing they're thinking is she's going to marry one of us and she's going to give us some babies. Like there is like yeah, a weird future, sort of like fucked yeah. up aspect to like her taking care of the brother and they, them like talking repeatedly about her future. And it's like, well, they're clearly not expecting her to go away to like, you know, Radcliffe and she's going to like get her degree in French literature. Like, Oh yeah. I will say just cause I can, uh, I, again, I have so many, so many pairings for this movie just cause it's, it's like, for me, this is like, like a subsection of a genre that I really love, mm-hmm. but I would like for me that like Anne Francis in this movie and sort of that, it touches on it so briefly, but Shelley, you were just describing really well um, a comparison to Riders of the Purple Sage by Zane mm. Grey, which was a book published in, I think, nineteen twelve. The first mm. edition came out, and it like there were there were some popular novels, Western novels pre Riders of the Purple Sage, but like this is the er Western. And Zane Grey, he grew up around here. He like had land out here. He like he like got it. Yeah. And Riders of the Purple Sage is essentially about which I'm not. This is fine. One day I will bring this back to the public somehow. I think it's going to be an audio drama. But like the, the core of this movie is it's about the Mormon settlement in southeastern Utah. Hmm. And there's a young Mormon woman who has inherited a lot of really good land from her father. Hmm. And the Mormon male community is trying to force her to marry one of them so they can take her land and like have her cattle. Oh. And she won't. And she like and then like the gunfighter shows up to like help her defend her land or whatever. But like hmm. like really like the, the, the essentially the Mormon men in this community like the, they the, the plot of the book is all driving towards the day that they are planning to kidnap her and forcibly marry one of her, yeah. marry her to one of them. And it's like, this is fucked. Like that. And mm. so I was a little bit of kind of that, that sort of, again, one woman, one young, beautiful woman in an enclave of men who only care about their own personal property. And like, yeah. like she absolutely will be one of their possessions or like Robert mm-hmm. Ryan sort of treats her 
as though she already is like this i'm like you're like not anything but you're definitely sleeping with him and like he's gonna but just like he's gonna fuck up like whatever your life is fucked because you live here but that she's sort of she's like a little trad wifey and sort of opting (laughs) to live here you know central tracy's like yeah like yeah yeah. she she must know she doesn't have a future either you know Mm -hmm. i don't know i just think there's a lot to unpack in a character that's really really like like kind of silly you know yeah it like feels like incidental in some parts but like has like such kind of like a wealth of associations with her and yeah it is it is interesting that you you talk about sort of like kidnapping in in the western genre because i mean like i remember watching like seven brides for seven brothers as a kid and like that you know it's still a classic for its like you know cinematography and like it's amazing choreography and framing and the widescreen and you know whatever but i mean it's it's a musical that's all about kidnapping seven women so that you because like god damn it these brothers need wives <laughs> that's right that's right uh, yeah and I, I mean and I, well, I mean I think what my the reason I love writers of the purple is because uh, like the poet like for being written in 1912 by a guy mm-hmm. named Zane Gray like everything about that book is condemning sort of that like it's just really interesting to be the way that all of this all of the characters who are very alive and real and like like living like really three-dimensional lives in that book are then used in so many future like western tropes as the opposite of i was just like yeah the way that the way that like great literature characters then get turned into stock characters that sort of Mm. get progressively flatter and flatter over time i think is really i don't know just the way that art moves through the world is interesting yeah well so i think this is a perfect excuse for us to go into our our pairings with this movie um so you know every episode we like to suggest uh what would make a good double feature what we think is a good contrast to the movie we're talking about or just something we think that the listeners would like if they enjoyed this movie um but so i mean if you've got multiples you'd like to you know talk please. about please. oh my god take it away. <laughs> okay, great. well my biggest one let me i uh, the one that like right if i didn't have multiples and we were like on a timeline like whatever like my 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 perfect double feature for this for everybody is the this movie called the gunfighter with gregory peck mm. which is another movie that i have a crush on the mo- no like gregory peck is not nearly as hot to me as spencer tracy in this movie but yes. he is you know he's a handsome man and like you know he he feels handsome and cowboyish he's got a great mm. mustache i'm like yeah <laughs> um but gen- but like overall that movie is another one that uses every trope of classic westerns to absolutely explode the idea of the western and sort of mm. like interrogate the american like um, like the audience's idea of what they would be wanting from a western essentially the plot of the gunfighter is right like so all of these westerns are about the guy who runs into town and like kills everybody and rides out and like delivers jobs. like the you know the, the the fast gun the shooter the like lone mm. cowboy and so this is like okay what about 10 years later where is that guy and yeah. he is you know he his his woman won't love him anymore because she's like we're on the run i'm not running with you forever Mm -hmm. like you're always on the run every single time he walks into any town some stupid fucking like teenager who thinks he's going to be a big guy and tries to kill him Mm -hmm. so he's got like just like he can't ever escape sort of the 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 notoriety of like you know he gets he gets people attributing murders to him that he didn't do like Mm -hmm. just you know he's become a legend and what does it mean to actually be a living legend and it's miserable yeah. And he just like hates every second of it. And similarly, I think to Blackrock, he the way that justice is delivered is so like I, I mean, like it's the only way that the movie can end. And it's also mm-hmm. just so crushingly like fatalistic and like kind of like kind of like if we don't change everything, mm-hmm. this meant nothing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, ugh. Ugh. So anyway, I Oof. think that these two movies would make a really, really great like neo-western, like let's kind of like 
hate everything about America and Westerns, but also mm. really like them at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah I also, but then I, so I've also never seen, that's my, that's, that's my core. But again, yeah. I could do this forever. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> Lonesome Death, like if, uh, just, I, I, I will just mention one more book. Actually, I'll mention two more books. Cause yes. I, <laughs> and I'm sure there are, there are, I will say all, there are movie adaptations of all of these books. You can, I don't, mm. I can't speak to them, but you can find them. Um, <laughs> So the other one is Lonesome Dove by Larry mm-hmm. McMurdy, which is, I, I think it's either a movie or a very, or a TV miniseries. And apparently it was like awesome. And Kevin Costner, maybe like hmm. um, 1980s. Um, but the, like, similarly, like washed up cowboys, not washed up cowboys, but old aging cowboys who have sort of lived their lives, killed their people, done their mm-hmm. things, and they just want to be quiet and the world won't let, like they can't, mm-hmm. you know, like there's nothing, like both internally because they've lived such a life of like hardship and craziness and they've made so many sort of poor choices up until then they are trapped by their choices. Mm. And even if they try to let their choices go, there's nothing like left. You know what I mean? They, like yeah. all the best that they can do is like appreciate a good sunrise. And it's like, <laughs> I think that's right. You know, like yeah. where are we all at the end? Um, and then, um, and then just like not in, cause I also think not in the Western genre, but mm. towards, what I was speaking about earlier of like stories about solidarity and sort of choices that individuals have to make under like oppressive circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, This book that was also turned into a very popular movie called the seventh cross, Mm -hmm. which is about an escape, uh, a a Nazi concentration camp escapee Mm -hmm. who like basically has to try to make it to the border Mm -hmm. and figure out along the way who in his life is, could he trust to like, like, right. If everybody is on the hunt for him, Mm -hmm. who is still safe to to sort of ask for help and who chooses to help and not choose to help is like, Mm. oh you're just like oh you know like the people that you know you might you may i think it would it really makes me think right like if i was in trouble if i needed help from that from the police or something who like it might not be the people that we think we're supposed to call you know and it's just like that kind of watching somebody watching one person sort of just try to put their faith in like one more piece of help to get a little bit further every single time yeah terrifying you know wow that's great those are my pairings. I love it. Oh, those are great. And also, Michael, your main one was going to be Gran Torino. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. My, my main <laughs> Which one. Which I will is... say, I haven't seen. I, I think I saw it in theaters, but I don't remember. Like, oh, I hate Clint. I hate Clint Eastwood. Like, if you ever <laughs> yeah. have me back to talk about the only other movie that I'm really like Jones in, if you ever want to do it, is the. Um, uh, uh, for a few dollars more, the mm. like yeah. middle Sergio Leone trilogy. But, like, yeah. Fuck it, Clint Eastwood is not the hero that we all should have in our westerns. You know? No, no. But I no. will say, Bridges in the Madison County Cliff, Cliff really works for me. I love him so much in that. I haven't movie. seen it. Oh, he's he's really good Ooh. in it. Actually, is it beautiful? It's really beautiful. <laughs> I just remember actually... uh, what I remember about Gran Torino is like a is like an Instagram filter vibe, a sort of like high yeah. con- like I don't know, like and like yeah, his like him just sort of like scowling inside his house mm. at like the brown people next door. That was sort yeah. of the impression of the whole movie. I think what was really missing from Bad Day at Black Rock is that unlike Gran Torino, it didn't have Spencer Tracy singing a title song. Yeah. <laughs> like, Gran Torino. We should have had like Spencer Tracy like Bad Day at Black Rock. <laughs> no, it's uh, a very strange creative choice. Um, I've made I've I've got a good habit of generally like avoiding Clint Eastwood movies because uh he's one of those people that my sixth sense tells me like oh he's like probably a racist person um and uh that's you know it is what it is uh but with this one uh yeah i i felt like it paired in an interesting way just because uh it's similar themes of like it being consolidated in its own white man in its own whiteness and 
you have a protagonist in a community where if you know he doesn't do anything no one else will uh he's a sad old man clinging to you know his memories of the war um he is not at all uh introspective about uh himself or his place in the world he's just kind of uh fighting to the very end mm-hmm. um but another movie that popped into my mind was Copland, and I don't know why. Um, because yeah, I know this is Copland. Copland yeah. is Holly. You will fucking love this movie. It's so it's a James Mangold movie. It's fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah, I guess Slay is the he's the Spencer Tracy. He's in the that Spencer movie. Tracy in it, and he's not at all how you expect to see him. This was late nineties. He's you know a little chubby. The character that he's playing is has like uh he's like deaf in one ear, and he wanted to be NYPD but couldn't do it um generally he's you know a lot more of a meek character and it's this you know nice sheriff versus uh corrupt NYPD (laughs) yeah like fucking Ray Liotta and uh uh, wait Ray Liotta's a good guy in it though uh, yeah 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 uh Robert De Niro am I thinking about Robert De Niro De Niro and De Niro and Harvey Keitel are both in it Harvey Keitel is the real I guess he's kind of the Oh my God, Janine Garoppolo is in this movie. This she's movie great. Like she plays a newbie cop. Yeah. Annabella Shiora is amazing in it. Oh my, it's so good. It's got one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen needle drops. Ah, <laughs> uh, great. Yes, a hundred percent. I'm in this movie. I'm gonna do it later, oh, probably. Great yeah. choice, Michael. Oh. Yeah, I love I love Copland. Yes, thank you. Um, That's so good. It's, it's a great, uh, not a western, but no. it's kind of a western. It borrows a lot. <laughs> yeah, of, uh, a New Jersey western. Yeah, Ooh, and Eastern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Eastern, yeah. that's good. I love that. And um, just before I give mine, I just want to mention really quickly my one of my favorite things that I've seen on um, Wikipedia, maybe second only to back in the day when Chantal Ackerman's entire personal life section used to just be, she was a lesbian. Um, <laughs> second to that <laughs> is that if you go to Clint Eastwood's um, Wikipedia page, it does say under children, and I quote, at least eight. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so, he is famous for what knocking up asshole. a bunch of ladies. <laughs> yeah, and like I not getting any like... whatsoever. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. Oh, I just, what a stupid man. Yeah. Maybe eight, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. What are you, my kid? What do you want, uh, money? <laughs> what a guy. Um, so I guess my pairings would be... Um, the two that first came to mind were, um, like I mentioned previously, John Huston's Key Largo. Um, I think mm-hmm. they've got similar approaches to violence and similar sort of like central characters, um, much like Spencer Tracy in Bad Day at Black Rock. Humphrey Bogart as the main character in Key Largo is this kind of restrained, non-violent man. And then he has to enact righteous violence at the end, um, which, you know, I remember seeing it as a, a young teenager and having a very queasy sort of feeling about this very American sort of morality in this. And even though it's like, they're both kind of like liberal films, I guess they have this very like American sort of morality of like, sometimes you got to be the good guy with the gun. <laughs> so, yeah. Good guy with the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> yeah, or the good guy with the deadly karate chat. You know, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so that, and then another sort of like mid-century petition liberal. to train yeah every man who wants an AR-15 should instead yes. get free like martial arts Honestly, yeah, get a I, marine to teach you karate I, I gotta learn how to do that <laughs> I gotta learn my karate chops so I can be safe I mean I, I, I'm so excited to know that trivia that like it, I guess it really is because you know I mean again Michael you said you laughed so hard and like it is it, it's 
satisfying, but it is, it does feel a little bit silly. And so it's actually really nice to know that like, no, that's, I mean, it it looks real enough, but Mm -hmm. there's a little bit like, really? It is a little bit funny because you see this old man just kind of chop Ernest Borgnine on the shoulder and then he falls against the wall going. (laughs) 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 It's great. (laughs) Steven Seagal video, like old Steven Seagal, where he just has like people like run at him and he just kind of like chops them and they all fall down dramatically. (laughs) Because like Ernest Borgnine keeps running at Spencer Tracy and he just goes like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's like over. four karate caps and the guy is like out the door like you know <laughs> did I, on the ground bloody yeah did i make this up or did uh spencer tracy kick ernest borgnine in the balls did he kick him in the balls or did i just put that in there i think he did kick him in the balls actually he did kick him in the balls okay I don't remember. I all right that bit of there's so <laughs> much good stuff to see. yeah i think he karate chops him kicks him yeah. in the balls th- pushes him through the door and then he flips him at the end <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. he definitely flips. Yeah, the door and then the, the charging and then the flipping. Yeah. It's my <laughs> favorite. Obviously, most again, efficient let's fight be clear, scene. all with one arm. Yes, <laughs> all with one arm. Yes. Wait, let me get over there. Come back. Yeah, uh. like, who was that like very uh, yeah. famous like mid-century pianist who like lost a hand and then like did all these like virtuoso pieces with just his left oh, hand? Yeah. Like that's Spencer Tracy in this fight scene, and it's amazing. <laughs> So also, I just shout out oh, to yeah. Spencer Tracy's one. I mean, I'm sure this is a stunt double, but right, the the, the one arm jeep driving, oh, like yeah. that long ass car chase scene, and yeah. he's like, it's very good as a car chase scene. You know? It yeah. is. Oh my god, it looks great. <laughs> one arm driver. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have like as much a uh, you know sort of like mid century car chases where you see the like the projected. Uh, landscape going by in the back oh, and the windows like they're like <laughs> yeah. smashing those cars up in the middle of the California desert yeah no it Oof. looks great yeah I, so I have one oh, question ahead, for both of y'all um uh I couldn't uh I was trying to see if there was like a Denzel Washington movie that was basically this <laughs> for Denzel Washington mm. Um, oh, and be, I, right? I couldn't, con- I couldn't there hasn't been not one that wasn't like a remake of something mm. else or um like there's nothing that's old denzel uh you know kicking ass in a small Mm. town but i'm curious to know if there are any other stars that come to mind for either of y'all that are like due for this kind of a movie like a tommy lee jones Mm. or jeff bridges i think jeff bridges literally got the old man but you you get the question yeah um, and I think for Tommy Lee Jones, isn't like three burials of something kind of like this? I think I maybe it's it. got a little bit of that vibe. But yeah, yeah there's this film that he directed several years ago. But oh. yeah, an older actor who needs this kind of role at, like late in their career is a great. Yeah. That's a great I have like a stealth thought, which mm. is, or like a, I'm like, I think this could be like, I don't know, Colin Firth, I think might, like, oh. might be super interesting. Yes. I love yes. that. That is perfect. Spoken British man awesome. kicking ass. <laughs> totally. I think it, like, he'd have that sort of like, like, like buttoned up demeanor and then like be able to unleash a little bit, which would Come be here. really nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me on that. <laughs> <laughs> and he flips him like. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, that's a really good one. Oh my gosh, I feel like if it were, I feel like she's too too old now because I think she's like ninety years old. But if it were like a few decades ago, I could see like getting old but not quite old old yet. Cecily Tyson having some kind of like wow (laughs) and has to like hold her hold her ground against all these like scary men. I could see that. Oh god. Oh yeah. Yes. Really, 
She does I, stealing. Like, right, like justice for old men, like better old man roles. I think that's yeah. really what we need in the world. It's like, I mean, you know, we can, we like rightfully we need to talk about aging women in Hollywood, but I also yeah. think aging men are un- like, other than fucking superhero, like dads or whatever, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Or the takens and, and, like, of the what? world. There's the yeah. too many takens. Ugh. I know if even Bob takens. Odenkirk oh is doing God. a taken, then, you know, it's too many takens. That was, oh God. I, I, I'm low-key one taken with too many takens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my Danny Glover well, should have one of these. Oh, that would be yeah. so fucking. Good. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yes. oh for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Or like, That's mm-hmm. if it was something like a BlackRock meets Taken, where he's got to find one of his kids or something like that. Uh, maybe he's lost the his son. The karate scene. <laughs> his son is in Boston, um, which is a scary place for black people, and <laughs> that is the movie. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds really scary. Yeah. <laughs> now as that's an Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> now that's you find MapQuest.com and get to the place. I'm going to find you. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to see this so badly. We watch it. Yeah. Uh, you guys, we should be movie producers. Obviously. Literally. We are so we full are of ideas. <laughs> Hollywood, ring, ring, and give producers. us a call. <laughs> AI has already stolen this movie and is developing it. True. Uh, oh my god! They cast I can't my father. wait to watch it <laughs> yeah. on Netflix again. This, you guys, the servers are coming down one day. This is not. This is not forever. Yeah, yeah. just a matter of time. Every, again, every morning I wake up and I think today. Today is the day we are free. <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna co-manifest that. Um, it it needs to happen. Please do. I like. Remember when all the witches were hexing the moon because of Trump? You remember that? Yes, I, was like, I remember I that. Kind of back, like. We should do more of that. I was, know, they got yeah. for it, but I think that it worked a little bit. You know? I was one of those witches, and uh, let me tell oh, you, thank I, you so much. I felt like it was a waste of energy. I felt like there were other things we could have focused on, like like let's just get all no more computers, no more internet. Everyone, get your yeah, walkie yeah. We should redirect that energy for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like get your walkie. Honestly, getting rid of the fucking TV. Yeah, yeah get like yeah. going back to uh, like. Look, Hitler had, Hitler had radio, but like, really, Trump needs TV. You know, like we're like, yeah. I think that we would solve a lot of these problems if we were to, I don't know, blow up various technological situations. Literally, I, think I mean, I think that maybe the the witches accidentally like reversed course on this because yes, Twitter is limping along, but it's just made uh, the right wing right wing monsters on there even more prominent. So oh, true, true. <laughs> might have uh, yeah, but like this it, is a monkey's I, paw I, scenario, I, I think. <laughs> Oh, yep. yes, and right. This is, oh, you guys, oh, you guys, just to bring this back to BlackRock, this is my like, this individual choice matters situation. Uh-huh. Like, fucking leave Twitter. Do you know, like, the people who are important on Twitter should leave Twitter. And the, yeah. if they want, like, or the people who are, like, it does, I, we need collective action, et cetera. Yeah. But, yeah. like, collective action actually starts with individual choices. And, like, the way that we have abdicated a lot of our, uh, like, annoying individual choices by, like, a hundred companies or blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. well, you are the hundred company. Like, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's me. Well, I personally have done my part to bring down Twitter by getting getting suspended for (laughs) saying that I was going to kill someone because they said that Shelley Duvall was ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it up. Next time, the moment that you get reinstated, find somebody else to say that you're going to kill because of (laughs) that's the only use for Twitter. (laughs) If anyone comes up insulting Cicely Tyson, then that's just one more break out of the walls of Twitter HQ. Uh, not to go on, we don't know, you could cut this out, but like, I also, I got a blue sky recently and that Ooh. is like, I don't know, you guys, it's like Twitter, but you're like, I don't, like, the people are still trying to do Twitter on blue sky, oh, but also no. nobody's on blue sky and it's like, I'm just like, 
we can't do this again. We can't, we can't no, do it let's again. Just, there no, has to be something know, let's else. Just quit. Let's just Yeah. And I think that something else should be putting it down. Like yeah. like they, logging us. You know yeah. what I mean? This is why I like my most used uh utilized medium right now is radio because there's like it's not using yes. the back, you know? It's not mm-hmm. it's not <laughs> fucking with my head. I can turn it right the fuck off, you know. Eh. <laughs> not we using me back. That's so real. We yeah. need more patient media. I'm uh, right there with you. I agree with you 100%. Well, we're running low on time, but you know we have to play a game before before we do. Um, So this is only roughly a game. I came up with this at the last minute last night. So (laughs) this game is called So You Had a Bad Day. So uh, each of us are going to choose a movie that takes place in one day, or it could be, you know, a typical day or just a 24-hour period. Okay. And we have to choose the which of these movies would we like to go through with their lead character. So some examples. It could be any movie you want. If there's one that is like I have not listed that you think of that you would like to uh, take part in, go for it. Um, but some possibilities are Bad Day at Black Rock, uh, Scorsese's After Hours, Dog Day Afternoon, <laughs> Die Hard, The Taking of Pelham 123. I see someone's writing in, I think... <laughs> The 24 series. Oh, no. Before the series, I did not put in the um, before trilogy because that is too obvious of an answer. It has to be a bad day. So bad day. You can't have oh, any. Okay. You can't have any good days. It needs to be someone who's having no a bad day, day, but you think you could get through it with them. So, mm. for example, I will go first. I'm going to a, a cheat a little bit because this is a bad day, but not as bad of a day as at Black Rock or Dog Day Afternoon. But I mean, I gotta go with my my boy Griffin Dunn in, tw- in After Hours because I mean come on this is just the most annoying day you can have as a New Yorker it's like you know losing all your money you're not being able to get into the subway you just want to get home and you're so tired but you're also so horny so you just keep hanging out with these different women and honestly Griffin keeps fucking it up with these women and I think if he had me there and we were like doing it as a couple I think we could turn around this this bad day you know I think we can make it work. <laughs> and if I got a chance to get, you know, a little piece of Catherine O'Hara and Terry Gar, <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to put up with a bad New York commute. <laughs> I haven't seen this movie, but I agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> oh, Holly, you would love this I one. Have, oh, yeah. Oh, right. One of the best things about doing this podcast is just all the recommendations that come from it, right? Like you get yes. you end this podcast with a lot more movies to watch. I'm going to be reading some Westerns after this episode. I mean, please, please. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, like, you guys, it's me and, like, 17 old men in libraries across the country. Like, it's no... <laughs> this is a dead genre. Come on. I'll, I'll bring it back. Uh, it's time for me to read The Renaissance starts now. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, just let like, True Grit, a really good book. Yeah. Read the book. Okay. It's also really good. Uh, you guys have been doing, like, uh, I'm again, I'm a fan. You guys did your Coen Brothers thing. Um, yeah. True Grit is a up there on the Coen Brothers movie. Speaking of people losing arms, oh, we love that in a movie. Oh. <laughs> we also Just remember- one-arm drunkards. Yes. I've hatched drunkards. Yeah. yeah, we didn't, in our pairings, we didn't, I think we, I guess we said this at the top of the episode. I don't remember if we'd started recording or not, but obviously Cutter's Way, you know. Our, oh, yeah. Our bleak, we didn't say it. Bleak neo-westerns <sighs> with one-armed men. <laughs> There's such a world of, like, sad, bleak men trying to maybe struggle through life that we can just cherish forever yes it's beautiful <laughs> i right. love it jenna yeah. michael who would you be spending your bad day with which bad um, day are you going for 
Oh God, this is so tough. But I'll, ultimately, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Die Hard, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's like the first time I saw it, I was ten, and then ever since then, I was like, one day this will happen. There will be like an office attack type situation, or it'll be back in high school. I was like, this will happen at school, but hopefully not. You know, because you know, <laughs> terrifying. This is the world we actually live in. Uh, but I feel like in that situation, specifically Die Hard, I would be mm. all right. Um, I would want to stick with uh, Reginald Vell Johnson's character. Um, yes. And I would want to talk him through uh, quitting his job as a police officer. And I'll be like, look, you, you shot a kid. Because that's his whole thing. He's like, I shot a kid. And... Uh, I'd be like, look, man, you shot a kid. You know you shouldn't be a cop. You should like join an organization uh, that convinces other cops to quit their jobs. Um, and I know you're talking with this guy, John McClain, right now, and you're trying to help him out. But Nakatomi Plaza, they're a fucked up corporation. Um, like, just just let everybody there. Um, yeah, I, I would probably change, end up changing the events of uh, the film. Well, sure. I don't know. I, I always take these aggressively, uh, very, very literally. Uh, yeah, the butterfly effect. If you show up, you know. Yeah, inevitably. Yeah. Come on. In. I Listen, so, I said that I, we were going to hook up with these girls because I was with Griffin Dunn. I mean, right. also, I love my whole thing was like, I want to go with Griffin Dunn to get a bit of strange. And Michael's like, I would defund the police from the inside. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would put, somehow, I would have to prevent uh, Eric Adams from being born um, uh, as a politician. Oh, if only, um, right? <laughs> And then maybe at the end of the movie, uh, I would try to, I'd try to say Bonnie Bedelia. Um, mm, yes. Uh, she is so fucking like everyday hot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like she, I, I love her and there's no uh, investment into her world. So Die Hard 2 would just be our, uh, our one nice day together uh walking through maybe washington heights talking about you know what life has been like since her divorce yeah in autumn when the leaves are changing and you know it's a little chilly outside and you've all got your scarves on yeah beautiful different franchise but um but i like it i like it all right, what about LA, you, tell us about your bad day. <laughs> oh my God, you guys, this is so hard because I haven't seen like any. <laughs> um, I will say, I so I guess I have two. Uh, I also I was like googling films that take place in one day just to give me more options. <laughs> um, and then, well, okay, so I'll say, um, if I'm gonna, I, if this counts as a bad day, I mean, The Breakfast Club. I would crush oh, yes. like. I would just, I would, I would, uh, I don't remember any of their names, but I would absolutely compete for Molly Ringwald's attention. Like I would, yes. like, I think at the end she would have to sort of like choose, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I, I, that movie, my whole life I've kind of been like, I, that's fine. Like, you know, wow. like I could do a day in detention and fuck with the teachers. Like right. no problem. Um, and, I, and then on, uh, not Groundhog Day, but you, have you guys Ooh. seen the movie Palm Springs with Andy Samberg? Yes. And yes, 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 yes. I think that movie is fucking silly. That's a good great. one. I, oh. like, I, I, I don't even, like, I'm going to let them do their thing. I think yeah. they should continue on. I just want to be there in the world. Yeah. Also, like, like the, like, be the neighbor that, like, is stuck there too, you know, uh-huh. but not be mad about it. 
That is perfect. Oh, that is that's a good a good use of a bad day. I also I should have made an option on the list that if we wanted to do the before movies that we could talk about how we would make their day worse. Honestly, uh, they ooh. were having a good day. How would that we make their day? This game, it, this game is we have to return to this this specific game and this specific premise because now I'm thinking about every uh-huh. one day movie that I'd want to make better or fucking destroy. Um because there are people yeah. whose days I want to make really bad. Like, yeah. Ferris Bueller, Her day was he's too a fucking... good. Yeah. yeah. God, I want to ruin that motherfucker's life. Yeah. yeah. Ferris goes to jail. Ferris goes to jail like, for uh, doing those things. The the woman who played the mom in Ferris Bueller's Day Off lives here, and she's, like, so, such a celebrity in the, oh like, community theater scene. Can I just say, like, they're, like, she was, like, every time she does something, they're, like, the mom, she was the mom, like, she was in it, she was in it. I'm like, that is so I, funny. Oh, my God. The town where I grew up, um, the woman who was the voice of Ariel in the original Little Mermaid was, <laughs> she lived there, and she was our Jody one, Benson. like, local person. Jody Benson. Jody Benson. Jody Benson. Uh, that's pretty good i'll say that's a good one i know and of course michael's from new york so it's like every other famous person alive <laughs> is actually famous <laughs> we're all from there yeah oh my gosh guys this was so much fun this game was great oh, this conversation it. was amazing oh holly so fun where can people follow you obviously not on twitter um, not on twitter on x formerly known as twitter now yes. i mean i guess i'm on blue sky if you are one of the seven people also on blue sky <laughs> i'm at halay roshan on blue sky i'm also on instagram um but like I, or don't follow me do you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know <laughs> live your own life I'm- listen to the radio <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right i mean you know i bet you have a lot of friends you haven't caught up with you know we definitely have <laughs> and it, because halay won't do it herself uh we of course have to say she is an amazing playwright. Look for her plays, Thank buy you. her plays. They are so worth reading. You will absolutely love them. So yeah, she's an amazing writer. Thank don't you. don't let well. her be yeah. so humble. One day, you know, under, I mean, right. Cause also I'm, everything I'm writing next, I think will be under a pseudonym. So my answer is like, read my romance novels, but they'll come out in a couple years under a name that isn't mine. So I don't know. <laughs> Do you I'll keep you posted couple, you know, when everyone is hot is doing their hundredth episode. I'll there be we go. <laughs> I will say we're not that far off for our hundredth episode. So you better you're get really I guess like, you're, you're you so gotta, consistent. That's, you right. Right. That's honestly, I need accountability in my deadline. <laughs> well, there That's you it. go. Yeah, look ahead at our calendar. What episode? We're on like seventy something now. So you know, you're you're on the clock. We're looking. Yeah. We're looking out. That's a lot of mo- you guys. That's a lot of movies you watch. I mean, really it's so many movies on top of the other movies that we're definitely watching like it's, it's regular yeah. movies yeah yeah because you have to have regular movies when well, you do a podcast about it you know mm-hmm. like ugh. and this is why yeah, we you, started need your, like, with you need the... your work movies and you need your pleasure movies exactly yeah. yeah this is why we started out doing three movies an episode and that did not last long how the fuck <laughs> so... how the fuck how the how i don't we're know insane. like <laughs> we, we were like crazy i think we just believed it was normal and three it movies was also... a week real covid times so we weren't doing much else <laughs> oh yeah yeah well to i was going into the, to <laughs> i was oh yeah. god i was yeah. uh, anyway you're going in the office oh my god i mean yeah i, I heard I, covid is i don't know yeah we're all still there somehow it's right? a whole other conversation that know. i'm gonna talk yeah. about on a different podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
you guys need to do pick a plague movie like somebody needs to pick a plague movie yeah yeah Yeah. when we started it was it was a little too close to home and it it should still be now but i think we're just like this is just our life now this is just normal well right there at least i'm at the point where it's a little like i like if this like not talking about it this sort of like Mm. negation of the last several years like we're not like you're not like are you not going to talk about the fact that we just all fucking didn't do anything right. for three years? Like, right. yeah. no, like, no, like I'm not, I'm no longer, I'm going to read a book that was set in 2020 or 2024 and like pretend that the rest didn't happen, you know? Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. No, it's so real. Or 2019, yeah. I guess. However yeah. long we've been here. So. Yeah. I don't know. I was yeah. like, I went inside at 27 and then suddenly I was 30. I don't know what yep. happened. It was, oh, I turned 35 this year. Stop it. <laughs> we love the onward no, march of time. I'm still 31. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's right. That's right <laughs> well michael uh, well that, delightful i love it on that happy note <laughs> where can people follow us <laughs> uh you can find us on all socials at everyone is hot pod that's every number one is hot pod and wherever you are listening to us uh rate us five stars because if you don't we will karate chop you straight in your throat <laughs> several times with a swift kick in the nuts too Mm-hmm. You're going through uh, a door, man. Yeah, you're going through a fucking that. door. <laughs> it was pre-nailed shut. Yes, exactly. We're nailing that door shut, and we're not telling you shit about it. I, I feel like every marketing book would say you shouldn't antagonize your listeners in this way. <laughs> but threaten your listeners. <laughs> we do every every time. I think. Okay, I think the listeners of this particular podcast maybe you know they like it a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. we're all here. Talking about our weird, yeah, they like to know when they're being <laughs> dirty little pigs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and we, you know, nobody really divulges their deep kinks on this, but I think that there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy behind this for everybody, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I bet those. Dirty little piggies who listen to this show just love it when we <laughs> like. We've all been to a couple warehouse warehouse parties in Brooklyn, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. Like... <laughs> yes, our listener oh, has a goodness. Kanye West level humiliation uh, camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wait. Michael, why don't you tell these bad, nasty little boys and girls and non-binary folks what they need to do? <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is your job now. Uh Shelley, why don't you tell these why don't you tell these folks what they need to do? You will make so much more money if you switch to something like this. <laughs> the experience you're building here could take you pretty far. Look up my binmo and stay fucking horny. <laughs> we actually should create a demo like immediately and ask These people for money. Yeah, give us money, <laughs> you pigs. <laughs> Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.